Hello, and thank you for tuning into the Southern Mafia podcast, the one and only official podcast of the Lakeshore Boys. Since we are 10 14ths of the way through the season, I thought it would be a good opportunity to review the week and take a look at how each team is faring as we head into the final stretch to the playoffs. The way we're going to break down these games is by smallest smallest to largest margin of victory. So if you're not happy with your placement in the rundown, play a closer game. For transparency's sake, we are recording this during the East-West Michigan Derby. So if anything relevant happens during that game, I'll try my best to cover it on today's episode. First up, Fuckboys 130, Hoodies Heroes 123. The Fuckboys extend their winning streak to 6. I think it's fair to say they won this game without their fastball in peak shape. Stafford, Henderson, and Aaron Jones all underperformed, but they were bailed out by two touchdown days from both C.D. Lamb and Hunter Henry. The Hoodies heroes are likely looking to blame Arthur Wan and Dalton Schultz from preventing them to get to 500 on the season. An average game from either player likely would have gotten the Hoodies heroes over the edge. Looking ahead, the fuckboys remain in the catbird seat. They would be the number one seed if the playoffs were to start today. The Rams offense has hit a few road bumps lately. We will be monitoring how that impacts the fuckboys as we head down the stretch. The likely larger concern for them is Aaron Jones. Initial reports indicate he will miss a game or two, but A.J. Dillon's role has been steadily increasing even prior to the injury. At 4-6, and six, Hoodies heroes are currently in the nine hole, a.k.a. the first team out. The Hoodies recently traded for Jalen Hurts and Devontae Adams. These pieces help to form a formidable roster moving forward. It may not be great relying on the Steelers' offense week in and week out, but Najee and Deontay are the two clear parts of that team you want on your roster. Veterans 89, Canadago Connection 80. The veterans become the first team since the 2019 Blazers to win a game while scoring less than 90 points. I don't really want to dig into this game, but I do it for y'all. James Robinson and Leonard Fournette carried the water for the veterans as those draft picks continue to pay dividends. For the connection, you could not have asked for a worse day in the initial appearance of his Russell DK stack. On the positive side, it was really nice to see Antonio Gibson find the end zone twice, and hopefully he will play a larger role in the Washington backfield. A truly disappointing Monday night for the connection. It's had an opportunity to get the W, but ultimately never even made it interesting. Didn't even score enough to get out of shotgun territory. Sources tell me the veterans conceded victory on Sunday evening. This is something that the competition committee is going to look at this offseason. The potential change could result in making concessions via text legally binding and official regardless of final score. The veterans stand alone in the three spot as the only 6-4 and four team in the league and the only team to defeat the fuckboys. Running back depth continues to be the strength of the veterans. Jamar Chase now has his bye week in the rear view and it will be crucial for the rookie to keep up his success for the veterans to meet their season goals. The connection will likely need to win out to get a ticket to the playoffs. 
It's certainly not from a lack of effort. The connection were the most active trade team this season, executing three different trades. For comparison, Flad hasn't made three trades in the history of the league. Southern Mafia 148, Prisbags 131. We've been telling you that Prisbags is not as good as their record indicated, and we backed it up this week. They've now lost two of their last three. The Mafia needed 30 heading into Monday Night Football, and Debo got there on his own. Combine that with Tyree coming back to form and A.J. Dillon scoring two touchdowns, and the Mafia just had too much for the itty-bitty Prisbags. Prisbags largely relied on the Cowboys blowing out of the Falcons, with Dak and Zeke combining for five touchdowns. Mark Andrews, 18 points on Thursday night, was really the only other noteworthy performance from these slime balls. Prisbag stands alone as the two seed. We made no secret that we're not high on the Prisbags. Wait, that's ironic. Zeke and Mixon form a strong backfield, but I'm not sure that is enough to make up for less than average receivers as the season plays out. Pittman has been strong, but it's hard to trust him and Carson Wentz to continue to produce. Southern Mafia currently sits as the five seed. This team has more questions than answers. Trading for Ridley and Chase Edmonds both two weeks before they each went on IR certainly wasn't ideal. We don't even know if Ridley will ever play football again. And they continue to roll out unreliable options at quarterback. On the positive side, they should be happy to see A.J. Dillon get some run as the number one running back in Green Bay for at least a couple of weeks. Faka 129, Flad 111. Flad continues to be jinxed and cursed, and it certainly has nothing to do with his process and strategy as he falls to 3-7. and seven. Bushnell had a pretty well-balanced approach to get the W outside of Mike Gusecki, putting up a goose egg. Fun fact on Delvin Cook, he has been stopped five times on the one-yard line and then did not score a touchdown afterward. Gotta expect that to improve moving forward. Allen and Diggs, each scoring over 30 points for Flad, was the only noteworthy performance. Bushnell currently resides in the 8th spot at the bottom of the slog of 5-5 five and five teams. Bushnell is a formidable backfield with Dalvin and DeAndre Swift. Jerry Judy, Terry McLaurin, and Mike Gusecki are certainly a talented group of pass catchers. However, Bushnell being ranked 13th in points 4 is not a promising sign for his future outlook. Slad is currently in 13th place, tied with Groot in the pay-for-the-league fee seat. Looking at Flatty's backfield is really, really gross. Hard to envision him going undefeated from here on out, which is likely what he would need to make the playoffs. His focus should shift to not finishing in the bottom two. Voluptuous 138, Blazers 117. Big Brother defeats Little Brother by 21. If you looked at these two lineups heading into the season, I think we'd all unanimously agree on who would win the game. Lamar, CMC, 
Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen, and Darren Waller versus Jimmy G, Mark Ingram, Dearness Johnson, Daryl Williams, and Christian Kirk. Sounds like a blowout, right? Well, you'd be correct. We've been telling you all season long that volume is king in fantasy football. And that was the exact case for the three random running backs in Caleb's lineup this week. The 5-5 five and five Blazers currently sit in the 7th seed. McCaffrey was as close to OG CMC as we've seen in quite some time. The reason he is a freak is he scored 26 points without breaking 100 yards or scoring a touchdown. You just don't see that from anyone else. Waller has been fairly unremarkable since week one, and I know the Blazers would like to see that change as we head down the stretch. Voluptuous sits in the 10th spot. Certainly hurt by Henry going out and Kyler not playing the last couple of weeks. If there is a path to the playoffs for KK, one piece of optimism is they have the easiest remaining schedule the rest of the way. Rammers 126, Outdoor Heady Nuggets 87. Both teams sit at 4 and 6 after this match, and 11th and 12th in the standings. Jonathan Taylor is a beast, and I hope he gets his ass kicked this Sunday. Michael Carter did enough in garbage time to combine with Devontae Smith's two touchdowns to muscle the Rammers over the Nuggets, who didn't put up much of a fight. For the Nuggets, it's hard to win when your quarterback and backfield combine for less than nine points. Let's get Elias to check the data on that, please. Ramsey is currently on a two-game winning streak, and that will need to continue if the playoffs are in his future. Good news is he should be getting Saquon back this week. Bad news? Two of his next four games are against Prisbal, which statistically gives him the hardest remaining schedule in the league. The Nuggets currently have Chris Carson, Kareem Hunt all out, and we don't know about Alvin Kamara's future. Those are tough obstacles for anyone to overcome when you've got an uphill battle to make the playoffs. Our last game, Believe 160, High Flying Eaglers 85. Believe put up the highest score of the week while getting zero out of his flex spot. When you get 60 from your quarterback, though, you can live with things like that. Eagler pretty much laid an egg across the board this week. Brady struggled coming out of the bye. Eckler didn't have a great game, but he's still one of the top running back options in the game. I won't be surprised to see those guys bounce back in a big way the next few weeks. Believe sits atop the 5-5 five and five clusterfuck to put him at the 4 seed. Mahomes coming back to life. Kelsey still being the best tight end in the league, and Cooper Cup doing ungodly things. These are reasons for hope to be high in Believe Land as we head down the stretch. On paper, I'm not quite as high on the six-seed Eaglers. The Evans and Brady stack has a lot of potential, and by no means do I think they are an easy out, but they will need to scratch and claw the rest of the way. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll see you next time. Go Bills.